Story 16 of Japanese Fairy World Stories from the Wonderlore of Japan by William Elliot Griffiths This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Noel Badrian Jiraiya or the Magic Frog Ogata was the name of a castle lord who lived in the island of the Nine Provinces. Kyushu. He had but one son, an infant, whom the people in admiration nicknamed Jiraiya, Young Thunder. During one of the civil wars, this castle was taken and Ogata was slain. But by the aid of a faithful retainer, who hid Jiraiya in his bosom, the boy escaped and fled northward to Echigo. There he lived until he grew up to manhood. At that time, Echigo was infested with robbers. One day, the faithful retainer of Jiraiya being attacked, made resistance and was slain by the robbers. Jiraiya, now left alone in the world, went out from Echigo and led a wandering life in several provinces. All the time he was consumed with the desire to revive the name of his father and restore the fortunes of his family. Being exceedingly brave and an expert swordsman, he became chief of a band of robbers and plundered many wealthy merchants. And in a short time he was rich in men, arms and booty. He was accustomed to disguise himself and go in person into the houses and presence of men of wealth, and thus learn all about their gates and guards, where they slept, and in what rooms their treasures were stored, so that success was easy. Hearing of an old man who lived in Shinano, he started to rob him, and for this purpose put on the disguise of a pilgrim, Shinano is a very high tableland full of mountains and the snow lies deep in winter. A great snowstorm coming on, Jiraiya took refuge in a humble house by the way. Entering, he found a very beautiful woman who treated him with great kindness. This, however, did not change the robber's nature. At midnight, when all was still, he unsheathed his sword, and going noiselessly to her room, he found the lady absorbed in reading. Lifting his sword, he was about to strike at her neck, when in a flash her body changed into that of a very old man, who seized the heavy steel blade and broke it in pieces as though it were a stick. Then he tossed the bits of steel away and spoke to Jiraiya, who stood amazed but fearless. I am a man named Sensodojin, and I have lived in these mountains many hundred years, though my true body is that of a huge frog. I can easily put you to death, but I have another purpose, so I shall pardon you and teach you magic instead. Then the youth bowed his head to the floor, poured out his thanks to the old man, and begged to be received as his pupil. Remaining with the old man in the mountain for several weeks, Jiraiya learnt all the arts of the mountain spirits, 
how to cause a storm of wind and rain, how to make a deluge and to control the elements at will. He also learned how to govern the frogs, and at his bidding they assumed gigantic size, so that on their backs he could stand up and cross rivers and carry enormous loads. When the old man had finished instructing him, he said, Henceforth cease from robbing or in any way injuring the poor. Take from the wicked rich and those who acquire money dishonestly, but help the needy and the suffering. Thus speaking, the old man turned into a huge frog and hopped away. What this old mountain spirit bade him do was just what Jiraiya wished to accomplish. He set out on his journey with a light heart. I can now make the storm and the waters obey me, and all the frogs are at my command. But alas, the magic of the frog cannot control that of the serpent. I shall beware of his poison. From that time forth, the oppressed poor people rejoiced many a time as the avaricious merchants and extortionate moneylenders lost their treasures. For when a poor farmer whose crops failed could not pay his rent or loan on the date promised, these hard-hearted moneylenders would turn him out of his house, seize his beds and mats and rice-tub and even the shrine and images on the god-shelf to sell them at auction for a trifle to their minions, who resold them at a high price for the money-lender, who thus got a double benefit. Whenever a miser was robbed, the people said, The young thunder has struck, and they were glad, knowing that it was Jiraiya, young thunder. In this manner his name soon grew to be the poor people's watchword in those troublous times. Yet Jiraiya was always ready to help the innocent and honest even if they were rich. One day a merchant named Fukutaro was sentenced to death, though he was really not guilty. Jiraiya, hearing of it, went to the magistrate and said that he himself was the very man who committed the robbery. So the man's life was saved, and Jiraiya was hanged on a large oak tree. But during the night his dead body changed into a bullfrog, which hopped away out of sight, and off into the mountains of Shinano. At this time there was living in this province a young and beautiful maiden named Tsunade, her character was very lovely. She was always obedient to her parents and kind to her friends. Her daily task was to go to the mountains and cut brushwood for fuel. One day, while thus busy singing at the task, she met a very old man with a long white beard sweeping his breast, who said to her, Do not fear me. I have lived in this mountain many hundred years but my real body is that of a snail. I will teach you the powers of magic, so that you can walk on the sea or cross a river, however swift and deep, as though it were dry land. Gladly the maiden took daily lessons of the old man, and soon was able to walk on the waters as on mountain paths. 
One day the old man said, I shall now leave you and resume my former shape. Use your powers to destroy the wicked robbers. Help those who defend the poor. I advise you to marry the celebrated man, Jiraiya, and thus you will unite your powers. Thus saying, the old man shriveled up into a snail and crawled away. I am glad, said the maiden to herself, for the magic of the snail can overcome that of the serpent. When Jiraiah, who has the magic of the frog, shall marry me, we can then destroy the son of the serpent, the robber named Dragon Coil, Orochimaru. By good fortune, Jiraiah met the maiden, Tsunade, and being charmed with her beauty and knowing her power of magic, sent a messenger with presents to her parents, asking them to give him their daughter to wife. The parents agreed, and so the young and loving couple were married. Hitherto, when Jiraiya wished to cross a river, he changed himself into a frog and swam across, or he summoned a bullfrog before him, which increased in size until as large as an elephant. Then, standing erect on his warty back, even though the wind blew his garments wildly, Jiraiya reached the opposite shore in safety. But now, with his wife's power, the two, without any delay, walked over as though the surface was a hard floor. Soon after their marriage, war broke out in Japan between the two famous clans of Tsukikage and Inokage. To help them fight their battles and capture the castles of their enemies, the Tsukikage family besought the aid of Jiraiya, who agreed to serve them and carried their banner in his back. Their enemies, the Inukage, then secured the services of Dragon Coil. This Orochimaru, or Dragon Coil, was a very wicked robber whose father was a man and whose mother was a serpent that lived in the bottom of Lake Takura. He was perfectly skilled in the magic of the serpent, and by spurting venom on his enemies, could destroy the strongest warriors. Collecting thousands of followers, he made great ravages in all parts of Japan, robbing and murdering good and bad, rich and poor alike. Loving war and destruction, he joined his forces with the Inokage family. Now that the magic of the frog and snail was joined to the one army and the magic of the serpent aided the other, the conflicts were bloody and terrible and many men were slain on both sides. On one occasion, after a hard-fought battle, Jiraiya fled and took refuge in a monastery with a few trusty vassals to rest a short time. In this retreat, a lovely princess named Tagoto was dwelling. She had fled from Orochimaru, who wished her for his bride. She hated to marry the offspring of a serpent and hoped to escape him. She lived in fear of him continually. Orochimaru, hearing at one time that both Jiraiya and the princess were at this place, changed himself into a serpent and distilling a large mouthful of poisonous venom, 
crawled up to the ceiling in the room where Jeriah and his wife were sleeping, and reaching a spot directly over them, poured the poisonous venom on the heads of his rivals. The fumes of the poison so stupefied Jiraiya's followers, and even the monks, that Orochimaru, instantly changing himself to a man, profited by the opportunity to seize the princess Tagoto and make off with her. Gradually the faithful retainers awoke from their stupor to find their master and his beloved wife delirious and near the point of death, and the princess gone. What can we do to restore our dear master to life? This was the question which each one asked of the others, as with sorrowful faces and weeping eyes they gazed at the pallid forms of their unconscious master and his consort. They called in the venerable abbot of the monastery to see if he could suggest what could be done. Alas, said the aged priest, there is no medicine in Japan to cure your lord's disease. But in India there is an elixir which is a sure antidote. If we could get that, the master would recover. Alas, alas, and a chorus of groans showed that all hope had fled for the mountain in India where the elixir was made lay five thousand miles from Japan. Just then a youth named Rikimatsu, one of the pages of Jiraiya, rose to speak. He was but fourteen years old and served Jiraiya out of gratitude, for he had rescued his father from many dangers and saved his life. He begged permission to say a word to the abbot, who, seeing the lad's eager face, motioned to him with his fan to speak. How long can our lord live? asked the youth. He will be dead in thirty hours, answered the abbot with a sigh. I'll go and procure the medicine, and if our master is still living when I come back, he will get well. Now, Rikimatsu had learned magic and sorcery from the Tengus, or long-nosed elves of the mountains, and could fly high in the air with incredible swiftness. Speaking a few words of incantation, he put on the wings of a Tengu, mounted a white cloud, and rode up on the east wind to India, bought the elixir of the mountain spirits, and returned to Japan in one day and a night. On the first touch of the elixir on the sick man's face, he drew a deep breath. Perspiration glistened on his forehead, and in a few moments more he sat up. Jiraiya and his wife both got well, and the war broke out again. In a great battle, Dragon Coil was killed and the princess rescued. For his prowess and aid, Jiraiya was made daimyo of Idzu. Being now weary of war and the hardship of active life, Jiraiya was glad to settle down to tranquil life in the castle and rear his family in peace. He spent the remainder of his days in reading the books of the sages, in composing verses, in admiring the flowers, the moon and the landscape and occasionally going out hawking or fishing. 
There, Hamidi's children and children's children, he finished his days in peace. End of Jiraiya or the Magic Frog